0: Coming up, we're talking a wild big money win for Sheldon Hoddenshield There's drama and some female winners with the Extreme Outlaw Midgets, plus big paydays for Tim McCready and Tyler Courtney. Let's go. Today is Monday, June 27th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. I got home from Nashville at about 4 a.m., so I'm rolling on energy drinks and just a few hours of sleep. Uh, Let's just get into this thing. Uh, There's a lot of uh, of stuff to talk about from the last three days, and I'm not really even sure kind of where to start. I think we'll bounce around and kind of hit on a bunch of different topics. As an aside, I've been making a really conscious effort on these shows to be less recappy here. I know you guys are watching a lot of these same races just like I am. And I don't think it's valuable for me to come on these shows and just say, this has happened and then this happened. Um, my hope is to kind of add to your experience, provide some context, some color, some analysis, uh, maybe some education where possible, you know, and I'm going to throw in an opinion here and there as well. Uh, I think the easy thing to do here is recaps, but that is just much less interesting, I think. And I'd rather be more topic based than just kind of race based in most cases. So just kind of oh, so you're aware of what I'm thinking in terms of uh, the progression of the show and as we continue to move forward. For today, I guess we'll start with the word of outlaws at Huset Speedway. 100 grand on the line on Saturday night, and track owner Todd Quiring isn't done just yet with that purse. They announced during the weekend that the High Bank Nationals will pay a whopping $250,000 to win next year. That is a massive bump from 100 grand to win, and the move will make this race the richest winner's payout in sprint car history. According to the release, it will surpass the $200,000 to win Mopar Million, the $176,000 that was paid out at the Knoxville Nationals, and the $175,000 to win Kings Royal. It seems like fans and drivers are uh, always asking why there aren't more big money sprint car shows, but it seems like we've seen a pretty rapid escalation here the last couple of years. This is a big time commitment from Quiring, and hopefully the sport will support his vision of kind of creating a big time marquee event there at HUSITS. As for this year's version, Sheldon Hudgenshield ended up winning in epic fashion on Saturday night. He was six with four laps to go, but absolutely ripped the top the final few laps and got by both Buddy Kofoid and James McFadden in one set of corners to go from third to first. You know, everybody always talks about that line, and he showed that line. And he somehow, somehow kind of found that top line late, and nobody really noticed it. Uh, and they certainly didn't notice it in time to stop his charge. It was his series best eighth win of the year with the Outlaws that matches his win total from all of last season. And 2021 was already a career best for Sheldon. So there's still plenty of time for him to push that win number a lot higher this year. Sheldon continues to show why he might be the most exciting driver in sprint car racing right now. He's full send all the time, no matter the consequences, it seems. We've obviously talked about that on the show before, and it's I think it's the one thing that will maybe hold him back in terms of winning a championship. He can win on any given night out. He does it in spectacular fashion. But can he have that consistency? That will be the question going forward, at least in terms of his championship prospects. It was also nice to see James McFadden run well. He was second two of the three nights at the High Bank Nationals. And of course, it was a solid weekend for Buddy Kofoid. He picked up that Thursday night win and then finished third in the finale. I think Riley Goodnow was also impressive. He bagged his first career podium with the Outlaws on Friday night, and he actually led laps in that race as well. He's definitely an under-the-radar young guy who runs regularly at Knoxville. The weirdest situation of the weekend may have been the front stretch gate problems on Saturday. Carson McCarl had it flat in a tire during the feature. David Gravel then followed, and he was a victim of hitting it and suffering a bent wheel and sounded like a Jacob's Ladder issue as well. And then Logan Shuhar ended up in the work area with a flat after he also hit the gate. Schuhart's night was really badly affected uh, uh, because he had to restart at the rear and was then involved in an incident that took him out of the rest of the race. Uh, Outlaw officials didn't deem it necessary to give any positions back because of the gate problems, uh, but Schuhart was obviously not happy about that. He tweeted afterwards that they need to look at the rules and address the situation. Let me know where you guys kind of stand on this gate issue. Should the Outlaws have given the spots back after time to fix their problems or not? I I think you could kind of probably make arguments both ways. Do you view this like as some sort of issue that needs to be resolved? Is this like hitting a tractor tire in the infield? Is this like there being debris on the racetrack? Let me know where you guys stand kind of on this gate issue. As for the point situation, Saturday didn't affect the championship as it was show uh, points only, but we did have movement because of the other three nights at Houston. Finishes of 14th and 11th on Thursday and Friday for Brad Sweet, both of those after crashes, have brought the entire top 5 right back to him. Sweet to Shuhart in 5th now is only 54 points. Carson Macedo is suddenly only 12 points back in 2nd, Sheldon is 24 in, uh, 24 behind in 3rd, and Gravel is 46th behind. Macedo has just about made up for that Williams Grove DQ that probably cost him somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50 points. The Outlaw teams continue their season this weekend with two nights at Cedar Lake in Wisconsin, so sticking around the Midwest this week. And over the weekend with the Lucas Oil model dirt series, we had Mike Marler win both Firecracker 100 prelim nights at Lernerville, but on Saturday with $50,000 on the line, it was all Tim McCready. Incredibly, McCready led all 100 laps of the feature to score his second career victory in the event. Besides the $50,000, McCready's third Lucas win of the year also tightened up this championship battle we have right now with Brandon Shepard. Leaving the weekend, the gap between the two is only 25 points. And those top two kind of continue to separate themselves from the rest of the field. Everybody from Tyler Urban third on back is a lot further uh, back in, in terms of the number of points they trail by. The series has four race nights coming up this week, and depending on how things go, McCready could very easily leave Muskingum County on Sunday with this points lead. Bishop still hasn't won since East Bay and has five finishes outside the top 10 since that last victory. He hasn't finished on the podium since May 22nd at 34 Raceway. McCready has closed down pretty quickly, and I feel like the Rocket team seems uh, kind of be a bit vulnerable right now. And I wanted to mention the rookie battle here. Uh, the five drivers um, that start out the season for the rookie battle are all still in the mix, all still continuing to show up at races. Ashton Winger is the top driver right now. He's ahead of Garrett Alberson in the standings with Dalton Wilson, Spencer Hughes, and Ross Robinson all in tow. Winger and Alberson are the only two of that group with top five runs this year. The series has races this week at Florence, Portsmouth, and the aforementioned Muskegon County. You can uh, watch all of those, uh, hopefully, over on MAV TV+. We're still waiting on any sort of resolution from that as well. On the World of Outlaws late model series side, Dennis Erb extended his championship lead over Max Blair this weekend by sweeping both nights at Peeveley on Friday and Saturday and bagging yet another top 10 finish on Sunday at Jacksonville. It's now 148 points back to Blair with Tanner English uh, third. Now he's only 170 out. So that second place battle here could get a little spicy. It was good to have Josh Richards racing again as well. He was back uh, after going through all of those issues that he's been dealing with since that a uh, dirt clod hit him in the face at Eldora. He was in action all three nights with a top 10 run on Sunday. And even though it's been tough sledding lately on the Lucas side, Brandon Shepard made history on Sunday night. He drove his family owned B5 Rocket chassis Uh, and picked up his 79th career win with the World of Outlaws. That now breaks the tie with Josh Richards and makes him the winningest driver in the World of Outlaws late model history books. It's Pretty cool to see the reaction he got from the crowd there, basically his hometown crowd. He said he lives only about 15 minutes from that Jacksonville racetrack. And for him to be kind of surrounded by family and friends when he did it in victory land, that was pretty neat. And maybe this win will give him some momentum to bring to the Rocket House car later this week. The Outlaws are off now until July 15th. Those two Peevely nights were also Summer Nationals nights. It was a dual sanction uh, for those a couple of nights there. And after the two races, Bobby Pierce maintains the Summer Nationals points lead over Ryan Unzicker and Brian Shirley. That series is off tonight, but they start week three tomorrow at Red Hill Raceway. On the modified side, Nick Hoffman's streak was busted on Friday by Rick Kanoyer who went to victory lane for just the second time in his career with the series. His last win came all the way back in 2018 at Peevely. On Saturday, Hoffman's losing streak continued when his car lost power very late in the going and his troubles handed the win to Lucas Lee. Even with the issues, though, Hoffman uh, carries a 131-point advantage over Kyle Steffens into a new week. Out at Skagit for the Dirt Cup, it was a big Saturday night for Tyler Courtney. He outdueled Dominic Selzy and picked up not only 50 grand for the win, but another $26,000 for leading 26 laps. Drivers got an additional $1,000 for every lap they led in that race. So it was a very nice payday for Sunshine, who was driving the Works Limited 57 for Kevin Kozlowski and Paul Silva. Remember, with those 57 cars, we've got two of those. They look exactly the same. Paul Silva usually crew chiefs both of them. Paul actually owns one of them. But Kevin Kozlowski and Works Limited is the owner listed on the other one that normally runs out on the West Coast. Even still pretty early in this kind of wing transition for Courtney, he continues to prove himself as one of the top guys, I think, in the sport. I do hope we get to see him out with the Outlaws in the near future. Selzy ultimately settled for third behind Kerry Madsen, but still pocketed 42 grand himself thanks to 24 laps led. It wasn't a clean weekend at Skagit by any stretch of the imagination as there were a bunch of crashes and issues. We talked about Austin Wheatley last week, uh, Tanner Holmes, a bunch of guys had issues, but I thought overall the racing was good and the facility was in top shape. I know there were some concerns with the surface on Friday night during Trey Stark's win, uh, but I think it was still a good weekend. Some people that it wasn't a good weekend for uh, include track owner Kevin Rudine and the two teams he brought out uh, to the West Coast for this event, uh, including regular driver Corey Eliason, and they also brought Zeb Wise in a second car. Uh, Wise was 23rd Friday, 17th Saturday after finishing 8th on Thursday, and Eliason had results of 23rd, 21st, and 19th. Between the two, there was a lot of torn up equipment, definitely not the weekend they were hoping for. Hopefully they can kind of get things turned around when the All-Stars get back to racing here in the next couple weeks. On the midget side of dirt racing, we've had some drama pop up over the last few days with the Extreme Outlaw Series stripping Cannon McIntosh of his win at Millbridge from a few weeks ago. His right rear tire did not meet benchmarks after tire testing, so he's been stripped of the win. Find an additional $2,000. He must pay the $120 testing fee and is suspended from the next two series races. He did race on Sunday at Jacksonville, though, where he finished fourth. He was allowed to race because the team is appealing the penalty. If eventually held up, the DQ will hand the Millbridge win to Taylor Reimer, which will make her the first female driver to win with Extreme and with any national midget touring series. That's a big deal. Uh, and on top of that just for good measure 15 year old jade avadisian just went ahead and led all 30 laps on sunday night in that extreme show to earn her first career series win and first with a big midget series we've seen her run well with usac including top fives at merced in 2021 and she had another top five run at bubba raceway park in february it hasn't been easy though at times with that chad boat team this year but she definitely has the talent to compete at the highest level and she proved that on sunday between Abadijian, Reimer, plus names like Kaylee Bryson, Maria Kofler, and Mariah E., there's some pretty strong talent in the mix right now. Elsewhere around the country, Robert Blue was a USAC sprint car winner on Sunday at Angel Park after snagging the lead from Davey Ray on lap 7. It was win number 3 on the season for the Madman, and he was also the night's hard charger going 8th to the win. He's now 3rd in the USAC national standings behind Justin Grant and Brady Bacon. In Pennsylvania Speed Week action, Anthony Macri is 2-for-2 two two to start the week with wins at Williams Grove and Lincoln to kick things off. The Sunday show at BAPS was lost to weather. They are headed back to Lincoln tonight to continue the week, and Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell are expected to join in on the fun. And with the ASCS on Saturday night, Wayne Johnson took advantage of Brian Brown's engine going south to grab the win at I-70 and extend his series points lead. Johnson now has three national tour wins on the year and leads Blake Hahn and Garrett Williamson in the standings was actually kind of shocked that Brownie left Hewsetz to go to I-70 to run the ASCS show. Brown finished second on Friday night to Carson Macedo, leading the most laps along the way, and I think was set up for a decent heat race start position for the big money show on Saturday. In fact, the drivers around him in the points after the first uh, two prelim nights were Robbie Price and Riley Goodno. Both of those guys made the Saturday night feature. The last time Brian Brown raced with the ASCS was the 360 Nationals last August, so a little perplexing there. Uh, On the streaming schedule, there are three shows on it for today. Flow Racing has Pennsylvania Speed Week from Lincoln Speedway and Flow 24-7. There's also weekly IMCA racing from the Clay County Fair Speedway on SpeedSport. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Monday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.